Extra Daily Planet Extra. The Man of Scream. everybody, welcome to episode 14 of Man of Screen Extra. I am your host, Mike Zumo, and in this episode I'm going to take a look at some news that came out recently, uh, unveiled by uh, Warner Archive. I just want to talk a little bit about the uh, upcoming uh, Blu-ray release of the extended edition of Superman the Movie, which is scheduled to be released on October 3rd from Warner Archives. And you might be wondering why I'm going to talk about that now, before it comes out, as opposed to after it comes out on the 3rd of October, but basically I don't want to get too much ahead of myself in about 80 or so episodes. I'm going to have my official coverage of Superman the movie, and I really don't want to get too ahead of myself and, uh, you know, kind of blow a lot of what I'm going to say about Superman the movie while talking about the ultimate cut. So this Man of Screen Extra is just going to be, you know, pretty much pretty cut and dry. It's just going to be just my thoughts on the news that this Blu-ray was coming out and what I hope it's going to lead to. So, before I get to that, though, I have some feedback to address. I have a letter from Dave McElvenny. Dave wrote in on Man of Screen Extra, episode 13, which was about San Diego Comic-Con. And it's been so long that I'm not necessarily sure. Without going back to listen to Man of Screen Extra, number 13, I don't exactly remember what I talked about. Dave writes, Greetings, Mike. It was good to hear your voice on my podcast feed once again. Man of Screen Extra, number 13, came out while I was on my summer hiatus. So, that would explain why Dave uh, is... Happy to hear my voice. I think it came out a little bit before the episode on Super Pup and the Superboy pilot came out. So anyway, back to Dave. I know many people eagerly anticipate the trailers and news leaks that come out of Comic-Con every year, especially as a way to discover what's coming up in the movie and TV incarnations of their favorite superheroes. I'm one of those who prefers to learn only a little bit, enough to pique my interest, but not too much. I like to be surprised and not too caught up in the fanboy furor that often arises over who's appearing as what character, how closely the movie or TV show will follow the comic book version of the story or character, what is the color palette and what are the costume details, etc, etc, etc. Once I have a general sense of what the storyline might be, I make a preliminary decision about whether or not I'm likely to go see the movie or watch the TV show, and I allow for the possibility that my decision might change, as it did for the Wonder Woman movie. I remember when the 1989 Batman movie was first announced, with the casting of Michael Keaton in the title role, my initial reaction was, Mr. Mom is going to play Batman? But I knew I'd be going to the movie because it was Batman, and it was going to be serious, not campy. I really enjoyed it, and was pretty impressed with Michael Keaton's performance, so I learned to not be unyielding about these things. And I'm going to put Dave on pause there. Back to what I remember from the 1989 Batman movie, I was, as I was only eight years old at the time, but and even younger when the movie was announced. But I do believe my father had a similar reaction to Michael Keaton being announced as Batman. So, back to Dave. I know, for example, that I'm pretty much going to see any Star Wars movie, no matter what. On TV, once I start watching a show, 
I'm unlikely to bail on it. I watched all ten years of Smallville while hoping, for most of the last four or five years of the show, that each new season would be the last, because I really didn't like the directions the show was taking. Yeah, Dave, I'm kind of right there with you. That's how I felt about Smallville while it was on. However, and I'll get to Smallville down, way down the line, but uh, I find Smallville easier to, to digest now that I'm watching along with Trennis Magnus Punches Reality, his retrospectives. He's up to season... I think we're toward the end of season five as of right now, and I'm enjoying re-watching the show, and I'm getting a new appreciation for it as we go through these retrospectives. So if you're not listening to at least uh, every eight episodes of Trendus Magnus Punches Reality Talk About Smallville, Magnus Talks About Smallville, you're really missing out if you're a fan of that show. You know, I had heard, uh, I think Michael Bailey said this once about Smallville, that he said something to the effect of having a new appreciation for it and enjoyed it more once he knew what the end point was. And I'm finding on kind of the same thing. Now that I know that season 10 is the end point of Smallville, I'm enjoying the earlier seasons so far. It remains to be seen how I feel about the later seasons as uh, the sh- we get there in my watching of that show. So, back to Dave. I appreciate your addressing the point I raised about Wonder Woman, and I think you're correct in that it's best that superheroes shouldn't deal too much with real-world historical events, so Diana shouldn't be shown dealing too directly with World War II. Although I like to, I still like to hear some mention of what she's been doing for the past century. I really hope the Supergirl TV show doesn't go too dark in the coming season, but I'll be watching anyway, I think. I prefer Supergirl to be a bright symbol of hope and peace, as I do for her cousin. We'll see. I'm looking forward to the next phase of the Man of Screen podcast, sorry about Super Pup, and to future extra episodes. I realize that real-life responsibilities take precedence, especially with a new baby, so I thank you for your gift of the podcast whenever you can. Live long and prosper. Dave McElvenny. And thank you, Dave, for your feedback. Uh, yeah, I am finding, you know, it is tough to find uh, the recording time uh, with the new responsibilities, but now I'm squeezing it in where and when I can. I And I hope the show is not seeing any diminished quality because of that. One of the reasons I went on the hiatus when I did for the main show is that I wanted to be able to get ahead enough that I wasn't rushed in getting episodes out. So I hope that I am succeeding in that area. But for right now, I'm going to take a podcast promo break and when i come back i'm going to talk about the superman the movie extended cut the uh, new release is coming out on blu-ray on october 3rd hang around folks carl you have traveled far one journey has ended a new journey is about to begin hey everybody magnus here I do a podcast called Trennis Magnus Punches Reality. What I do is spend six episodes talking about comics, movies, and TV shows. But all that stuff gets put on hold every eighth episode so that I can talk about Smallville. Smallville's the most underrated live-action adaptation of Superman in all of history. Smallville's my favorite version of Superman apart from the comics, and so every eighth episode, I put Smallville under a microscope. Listeners all around the world have been shocked to discover just how awesome Smallville truly is and just how well it holds up to critical scrutiny. I've recently finished what most people regard as Smallville's first run with the conclusion of the mighty third season of the show. But... As awesome as Smallville may have been up to this point, the best is still to come. And I want you along for the ride. This is Magnus Talks About Smallville, an eighth episode feature of Trennis Magnus Punches Reality. Now with fewer cigarette breaks. So check out Magnus Talks About Smallville 
every eighth Tuesday for all the Smallville small talk you could ever hope to shake a stick at. Magnus talks about Smallville every eighth Tuesday only at twotruefreaks.com. All right, welcome back, folks. Like I had mentioned, the uh, Warner Archive is releasing the extended cut, a three-hour version of Superman the movie. Basically, from what I understand, what this is is the 1982 KCOP version of the movie running about 188 minutes, and this includes all kinds of extra scenes. And I'm going to get into that a little bit. Let, let, let me start out by saying, when I, I believe I saw this for the first time on Facebook about maybe a week ago, and... I was stoked to hear that this was coming out. I had known as I was a, when I was a kid that these movies were extended in some fashion for their TV airings. When I was a kid, my grandmother, my father's mother, she didn't have the official VHS releases of the films, but she did have, at the very least, the TV version of Superman 2. And there were some things I remember about that, most notably... When Superman is flying out to Paris to save Lois and to fight the terrorists in the Eiffel Tower scene, when he flies past the Concorde, which, according to what I had read, that was originally filmed for Superman the movie, but was used in that cut of Superman 2. And there were... I don't remember really a lot of what was extended in Superman 2. I hope, you know, if this is successful, I hope they release extended cuts of all four Superman movies. I'll get to a little bit of that later, but the only thing I really remember about Superman 2 was at the end when the villains are invading the planet that non breaks jimmy's camera and he complains about the fact that it's his new camera and there's another scene later where jimmy is showing the new camera to clark but we're not we're not here to talk about superman 2 we are talking about superman the movie the extended cut and the this is going to come out it's going to be a two disc set one disc is going to be a Superman the Movie, the extended cut, the 188-minute version. That'll include a new 2017 1080p HD Master, so I'm very happy to see that it's not going to be uh, pan and scan. I had shared a link to uh, versions of the uh, first three TV cuts, and I haven't watched any of those recent, any of them recently, just hadn't found the time. And now, I'm, at least of the first movie, I'm not going to... Watch that one. I'll wait until this until I have this Blu-ray in my possession. But maybe I'll check out the other two the versions of the uh, second and third movie when I get some time. So the runtime is going to be 188 minutes, and the second disc will also have the uh, special edition, the 151-minute version, which is only about seven minutes longer than the theatrical cut. Which mainly the big additions in that are the scene in the fortress after the first night where Jarrell, where Superman talks to Jarrell and he reminds him to keep his secret identity and. The later scene with Luthor, Superman running the gantlet on his way to Lex's hideout. That's really the only two things that stand out to me that were added to the that 151-minute version, aside from some, some Krypton stuff that made the beginning a little bit longer. But So that was it. That was it as far as that goes. There'll be French, Spanish, and English subtitles, for those of you who are interested in that. The audio for the extended cut will only be an audio 2.0, so I guess that's the best they could do with... Uh, a TV version which was formatted for probably a mono TV signal at the time. Probably cost way too much to convert that to 5.1, which the original, which the extended cut is in. That's in uh, 5.1 Dolby Digital Surround in both French and Spanish and English. And it, 
it'll be in a letterbox format, so you won't have to worry about any pan and, pan and scan, 16.9. It'll look nice on your widescreen TV. And there are some special features on the special edition disc will be the commentary by Richard Donner and creative consultant Tom Mankiewicz, three documentaries, Taking Flight, The Development of Superman, Making Superman, Filming the Legend, and The Magic Behind the Cape, and the screen test, restored scenes, and a whole bunch of stuff that I'm pretty sure has been on previous releases. And if I walk over to my Blu-rays of the Superman movies, I'll probably see a lot of these features in there. So the uh, description is as follows. Decades before the blockbuster extended cuts were common, Superman proved the true man of tomorrow. Superman the movie received an ahead-of-its-time makeover for its television premiere, nearly 40 more minutes of story, creating a two-night television event. Audiences had already been swept off their feet by Christopher Reeve's Last Son of Krypton, and now there was more to enjoy. Unseen in decades, this version is paired here with Richard Donner's definitive version of his film, the special edition director's cut from 2000, to create a supersized celebration of Metropolis's favorite son that preserves the director's intent while feeding superfan demands. Yeah, let's throw that right out there. This is not Richard Donner's uh, preferred cut of the film. That, they consider the special edition to be Donner's uh, preferred cut of the movie. But this is a, a nice treat for fans of these versions who have fond memories of it. You know, like I said, my first uh, encounter with the extended Superman any extended Superman movie was Superman 2. And I believe it was my buddy Tom Benya who was telling me that there was an extended version of the original film while we were in, while we were in uh, middle school and high school together. And it was actually Tom who lent me the his version of it that he had, which, being that we were East Coast people, I guess it was... I have this memory that it was recorded off Channel 11. I could be wrong, but both Tom and I are definitely too young to remember the uh, 82 viewing of the show i was one years old tom would have been three or four but anyway so tom had the version he had told me years ago about the deleted scene about the uh, scenes that were added in you know the luthor's babies unseen babies which were wild animals uh, that he would feed in his underground lair i believe this was the time that lois and clark the new adventures of superman was airing and you know tom and i were in the midst of Finding ways to get uh, Lois and Clark onto videotape. You know, Tom would just put them on any on a tape in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I am, at the very least, trying to get them in order and edited without commercials because I was recording these things to keep, so I didn't necessarily want to be bothered with a ton of commercials. Or any commercials, for that matter. I don't remember if the version Tom gave me had commercials on it, but if it did, I edited them out for the version of the movie that I dubbed for myself. At that time, I had two VCRs in my room for this exact purpose. So basically what I did was, I'm pretty sure I watched it first before I started dubbing anything. And the one thing I noticed in the version that Tom had, is it had all the extended stuff, no doubt about that. But it was missing the scene where Lois was interviewing the Indian chief about the sale of the desert land to Lex Luthor. I never understood why that was deleted from the extended cut. But basically what I did was I... I grabbed uh, one of our uh, copies of the theatrical version. I think we had several copy VHS tapes of the theatrical version, so I probably took the one that I had in my room, went to the scene of her I interviewing the Indian chief, and stuck it back in in the proper place before the Daily Planet scene, before Superman is uh, summoned by Lex Luthor. So. so even then, I was interested in making fan edits. My old laptop had my fan edit of Superman 2, which uh, had which I basically cut together from both versions of the film, the Lester and Donner cuts, to make uh, my own preferred cut, 
which I wish I'd saved that to some kind of computer drive before before that computer shit the bed on me. Because now I only have that on a DVD, and it'd be hard to get that on a computer. So anyway, back to Superman the movie. So when I saw this was being released by Warner Archive, I was excited because I had not seen this version of the film probably in at least 17, 18 years at this point. I met Tom in the early 90s, and he moved to Florida in 2000 after my first year, second after my second year of college. So, and that, and it was around my third year of college when I bought my first DVD player. So, for about you know five to seven years, I had the three-hour version of Superman the movie. And when I wanted to watch Superman the movie, that was the version I went to. I mean, I understand now that there is a uh, in almost a lot of fan circles there is some kind of loyalty to theatrical cuts i think you can lay a lot of that at the feet of george lucas and his endless tinkering with the original star wars trilogy before that went to uh disney and i did see some comments basically saying as such that you know if if donner didn't add the scenes in that they weren't as good but you know what i've seen the tv cut of superman the movie i thoroughly enjoyed it Do, do you need all those scenes no you probably don't I mean, what does Lex Luthor, or Otis for that matter, feeding the the babies? And I'll let you watch the movie to find out what the babies are. What does that add to the film at the moment that it happens? Nothing. But it does pay off later. I mean, there's a lot of little extended stuff, but anyway. It became my go-to version of the film. I'll be honest, I'm a sucker for an extended edition. I mean, this version of the movie would not have flown in theaters. Just too long, you know. At some point, after all the popcorn, all the soda, you have to get up to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Return of the King, in your nine endings. But I believe, you know, in the in the theatrical version, you know, you have to still hit your runtime. It can't be more than two hours and twenty minutes because theaters want to maximize showings and all that. The same does not necessarily apply when you're watching at home. So if I'm watching at home and I've got a three-hour cut of a movie, I don't even need three hours to watch it. You know. At home, you can always start it and come back to it later. And so home video is really the best, in my eyes, the best medium for these extended editions. And like I said, I'm going to say it one last time. When I wanted to watch Superman the movie for seven years, this was the version I wanted. I mean, does it have a lot of unnecessary stuff in it? Sure, it has lots of unnecessary stuff in it. But it's more Superman. And what's possibly wrong with that? You know, there is nothing in it that's repetitive. So... Like I said, I was really excited about it. And when I found that link that I shared to the group a few weeks ago, one of the disappointments of the extended cuts that are linked is that they're all in pan and scan. Those don't really look very good on a widescreen television. So I'm glad that that's going to be rectified when this is released. And I'll be honest, I hope this sells like gangbusters. I know I'm going to be buying one. And I I know a lot of fans are going to be buying one. And I hope this leads to the extended versions of the other films to be released and i'll talk a little bit about those later and there was one thing about superman the movie that always bothered me i'll lay that out right here because the extended cut did address this actually bottom line i grew up in new york city so i knew when i looked at metropolis i was looking at my hometown and i knew where on the map my hometown was and i knew that when superman escapes lex luthor's lair that the missile that was heading toward hackensack new jersey that superman promises miss testmacher he'll save Army Bird, I believe it was, was headed east. And for years watching the theatrical version, 
I never understood how Superman got behind it. I always figured he should have been in front of it. The only missile he should have been behind was the one going west. This TV version explains that. There is actually a scene of Superman, and I'll spoil this one. There will be a scene, at least on the version I had, and I imagine it'll be in this too, where the missile actually does go around Superman. And it was so disappointing to me when this wasn't in the version that was released in 2000. I mean, yeah, it's a minor detail, but it's a detail nonetheless. And I can't be the only one who wondered about that scene in the extended version. That Superman was in front of the missile, and we never saw how he got behind it. It bothered me. It may not have bothered you, but, you know, these are things that annoyed me as a kid watching that movie. That was a big deal to me, seeing that, you know what, the director was thinking about that. And... I do believe Richard Donner was asked about why that scene, you know, it's only a clip for 10 seconds maybe, why that wasn't put into the 2000 cut. I think, I think he said something to the effect that he didn't like the way it came out. To each his own, I guess. It's his movie. But I'm excited that this extended cut is likely going to put that back in there. And as I watch the movie, when, and when I get it, I will wonder, until I see for sure, whether it has the Indian chief in there. I guess I'll have to wait and see. So... Like I said, I am really looking forward to this release. Probably more than I'm, I remember looking forward to any Superman release in the past five or so years. So there is not going to be a man of screen extra about this cut after it comes out. Because I don't want, really want to review it for fear of stepping on the toes of my eventual Superman the movie episode. Which is scheduled for episode 142 at the moment. So... We are at, in the mid-70s right now, so there is a long way to go before I get to Superman the movie. A lot of podcasts before that film is covered, and I don't really want to show my hand too much about what I'm going to say regarding Superman the movie in a Man of Screen Extra, so I'm basically going to skip this release when it comes out, and I promise I will get back to this release when I do my episode on Superman the movie. So Now, just one other release I want to touch on before i go to break and that is this blu-ray package batman superman anthology that warner brothers is releasing it is a nine film set and now it includes the theatrical version of superman the movie the donner cut of superman 2 superman 3 superman 4 superman returns and then it also includes batman 89 batman returns batman forever and batman and robin so you know, this is a good set if you don't have any of these movies, but it's disappointing in one regard. Superman 2. The only version of Superman 2 available is the Donner Cut, which, that's just not right. I guess, is there somewhere along the line that somebody decided that the Donner Cut of Superman 2 is definitive? I don't know about you folks, and I'm sure I'm going to upset a lot of people who love the Donner Cut over the Lester Cut because of some kind of loyalty to Richard Donner for his work on Superman the movie, but let's face it, folks, the Donner cut is not a completed film. It is, at the most, a curious look at what might have been, but it was never meant to be a complete movie. You know, did I enjoy watching it? Yes, I did, but I never looked at that movie and said, yeah, this is the best version of Superman 2, because it's not. It's not complete. It ha Not all of it was filmed, and, you know... I heard Michael Bailey say in a recent Radio KAL Live that it uses the same trick as the first film. Now, Mike didn't mention this, but from everything I read indicated that if that when they needed to finish Superman the movie to get it out for release, 
they used the ending for Superman 2 at the end of the first film, and had Donner come back for Superman 2, he would have done something else. But the only reason the reversing time thing was used at the end of Superman 2, the Donner cut, was because they had nothing else. It saddens me that that's become definitive. Did I like the Jor-El scenes with Clark in the Fortress? Yes, I did. Did I add them into my fan edit of Superman 2? Yes, I did. But you know what? If you're going to do an official release of the Reeve movies, you got to release the Lester Cut. It's a complete film. It's the film that many people grew up with. It's the film that I and everybody else in my generation grew up to love. So to kind of just toss it to the, discard it to the side is not cool. You know, and if I were Richard Lester, I would be understandably upset. That's that, but I don't want to go too much into that because this is really about the extended cut and how excited I am to see that. And I am excited to see that. It is on sale through Warner Archive. You can also pre-order it on Amazon.com. If you pre-order the Superman the Movie extended cut through Amazon, please use the link over at 2TrueFreaks.com. That'll give us a little bit of a kickback. Help keep the lights on here at the network. So thank you for that. And basically, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to play a promo. Then I'm going to come back and talk a little bit about what I hope this release leads to. Hang around, folks. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's It's Superman Superman Movie Movie Minute. Minute. Chris Franklin and Rob Kelly take you on a journey through time and space, examining, five minutes at a time, the greatest superhero movie of all time, 1978's Superman. Coming soon to a podcast network near you. You'll believe five minutes can fly. Swell. All right, welcome back, folks. All right, so we talked about what's going to be hopefully on this Superman the movie extended cut. So we've already talked about what I think about this extended cut coming out. Now, I hope it sells well because, you know what? I want more extended cuts. I want the extended version of Superman 2 to be released. Like I said, I don't remember a whole, much, a whole lot of it. But I do remember what I said I remembered. The Concord, the Jimmy's camera getting broken during the Metropolis, and... Jimmy showing Clark the new camera later on. And in that TV cut is where we see the scene of Zod and company being loaded into the paddy wagon. You know, the one that everyone who decries the ending of Man of Steel points to and says that Superman didn't kill Zod and company in Superman 2 because a, de- a deleted scene shows them being carted off to jail. You know, there's a lot of debate over that because a lot of people haven't seen that. If I've seen that, I don't remember it. So... My only don't think I'm going to say about Superman 2, the ending is, I always grew up believing Superman killed them, and it never bothered me. It bothered me more that when Superman lifted up Zod at the end, he had a sweat stain under his armpit. That bothered me more than anything else. So, I want to see an extended cut of Superman 2. The extended cut of Superman 3, you know, it had the space credits, at least the TV version that I had. Because after Tom got me the extended version of Superman the movie, at some point after that, Superman's 3 and 4 were shown on WPIX Channel 11. And I recorded them off there, and I got the extended cuts of Superman 3 and 4 that way. So, there was a time when the only 
theatrical version of any Superman movie I was watching was Superman 2 because that was the only one where I didn't have the special longer version, the, the TV cut. Superman 3, as I recall, didn't have anything outstanding as far as additions go. Obviously, a lot of people will point to the quote-unquote space credits before the Metropolis scene in Superman 3, or even before at all, I don't remember. Been so long since I've watched it, but there were space credits in Superman 3, and the credits were taken out of the opening. And there's a little bit more at the Statue of Liberty, a little bit more what happened after the Statue of Liberty. And the one thing that really stands out as far as additions to Superman 3 is that there's a scene. It's the scene in Ross Webster's office, you know, that giant office that looks like it takes up an entire floor. There's a scene where Lorelai and Vera are snapping at each other, and it's after they discover the missing money, and Ross tells Vera and Lorelai to kiss and make up. Vera says she doesn't kiss, so he makes them shake hands, and they do, and Lorelai kind of digs into Vera's palm. The re- only reason I mention that is because now when I watch the theatrical version during that scene, in the in the theatrical cut, you can still see their hands kind of moving away from each other after the hand after the handshake i've never noticed that before i saw the handshake but now that i've seen the handshake i can't unsee their hands separating in the theatrical cut so to me to my eye that's a very blatant view that something is missing so like i said the extended cut of superman 3 is nothing spectacular and there is an extended cut of superman 4 as well it doesn't add a whole lot but it does add and i don't understand why this was cut from the theatrical version it adds two disasters in during Superman's initial fight with the nuclear man. There's a scene where he saves a little girl from a tornado, and there's a scene where he saves some Russians from a rogue missile that the nuclear man uh, is about to set on them. So I'm not sure why those two scenes were cut from the initial movie. The, the scene with the missile and the Russians doesn't look that great. The color looks off, so maybe that's why it didn't make the final cut of the film. I don't know, but I'd like to see that restored. Like I said, if this movie sells well, I'd love to see extended versions of... The other Superman films released as well. So, go out and buy this one. Click on the Amazon link at 2TrueFreaks.com. You can pre-order it. It comes out October 3rd. I'll be getting it. You know, I hope you will be too if you're interested. But, like I said, I don't plan to do a Man of Screen Extra reviewing it because maybe I'll do a little bit in an opening sequence, but I really don't want to get too far ahead of myself and say anything about Superman the movie that, that I'm planning to say when in episode 142 when it eventually comes out. I was talking to Gene Hendricks on Facebook, and basically, I don't even really want to watch any of the movies until I get to my coverage, so this would be the one thing to make me break that embargo. So, like I said, a discussion of the extended cut will not be in the next Man of Screen Extra. I don't exactly know what will be in the next Man of Screen Extra. We're at the end of September now. Justice League comes out in November, so that could be the next Man of Screen Extra. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to get one out in October, so... In the meantime, you can send me an email, manascreen at gmail.com. You can join the conversation over at the Facebook group. If you do a search for Manascreen Podcast, the show should come right up. Also find the show on Twitter at Manascreencast. So, until next time, folks. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. The Man of Screen Podcast is produced by Mike Dumo 
and all opinions expressed on the show are those of Mike Zumo and his guests and no one else. All music and samples used on the show are for review purposes only and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and samples are copyright their original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network and can be found at www.twotruefreaks.com. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you do, the Two True Freaks get a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you can shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Email to this show can be sent to manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show review on iTunes. That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man of Screen Podcast.